Hey, everybody, Mike here of uh, the Ohio Bigfoot Project. And uh, today we're going to talk about Bigfoot. I know, right? Imagine that. A podcast called the Ohio Bigfoot Project. And today's topic is Bigfoot. I know, it doesn't make sense. Just stay tuned in. First thing I need to note is you're probably going to hear an odd noise in the background of this recording. I don't know why, but my chihuahua is snoring ungodly loud. I don't know what his deal is, but he is out to the world, and I've never heard a little dog snore this flippin' loud before. So, you're probably going to pick up on that, maybe. Um, I hope not. Hopefully he shuts up in a minute. But anyways, <clears throat> back to Bigfoot. So, the birth of the OBRC. It all started back in 1983 when I read a book. I was in the third grade. It was called On the Track of Bigfoot. And inside this book was a picture of the infamous frame 352 of the Patterson-Gimlin film, where Patty had turned and looked at the camera. It's probably the most world-renowned photo of a Bigfoot Sasquatch, whatever, whatever word you prefer to use. We use Bigfoot here in Ohio, or Grassman, primarily. Some do use Sasquatch. But anyways, I had read this book from the school library, and I actually never returned it. Kept it all my life, or most of my life, until uh, I'd graduated high school. I went to the Navy. I came home. I went to find that book, and my mom had thrown it away because it was rubber-banded together from being read so much. And uh, when you take took the rubber bands off, all the pages fell out. So I just kept them in numerical order, and... That's how I read them. I just flipped over the pages and didn't have any book binding or anything like that. And which is odd because my mom is a hoarder, but she threw away my book. So, yeah, that was that. But that book put an idea in my head about this animal that I wanted to see. I wanted to see for myself, I wanted to find for myself. Now, back in 83, we didn't have internet, so everything you did was by the library. And all the books that I could get a hold of was always about out west. It was about California, Oregon, uh, Washington, Pacific Northwest. And so that's where I always thought that Bigfoot resided for the longest time. I mean, we had things going on in Ohio like the Minerva Monster, but if it wasn't on the 6 o'clock news, 4 o'clock news, 8 o'clock news, or 10 o'clock news, you didn't really hear about it because that's how we got our information back then is these TV channels would find these just crazy gorgeous females were these reporters, anchors, journalists. It was the 80s. They had the big hair and the bright red lips. 
and they would do the news reports primarily because whoever got the most views back then on their channel was like king of the hill and so it was primarily men that watched the news back then and um so yeah they found these insanely gorgeous females to do the news reports and that's why the guys tuned in was not really to because they gave a crap about the news it was to watch these hot chicks right and that's how the world worked back then it just that's just how it was so anyways as growing up i was always interested talked about it my parents knew that i was very much interested in this hell everybody knew right I was that weird kid that was interested in going and finding something that people said didn't exist. And the 90s came around, and I went in the Navy, and uh, I was stationed in California. And I would go out on the weekends to um, the Ojai Mountain Range, O-J-H-I is how that was spelled. And I'd tromp around the woods and whatnot. And then after my Navy days, I came home, and I really didn't know still about anything Ohio, except for a story that my Uncle Wendy had told me about this grass man, about my cousin. My cousin had walked out of the house. It was late night. He was a little kid. He's a year younger than me or same age. He was about eight years old, I'd say. Walked out to the chicken coop, opened the door, and there face to face was this large hair-covered creature that was eating their chickens. And there was bones everywhere, and it just basically looked like a chicken massacre. And he had ran out of the chicken coop to get his dad, brother. And they had ran around the house. They got the truck. They drove because they, as they came around the house, I guess they seen it running by the barn. And so they drove the truck back, put a spotlight on it, and they watched it go across this um, field that was about waist high grass to an adult male. So maybe um, two, three foot high grass field. And then it dipped down and disappeared. And it um, was heard many times by people who lived in the area. And it might have been seen a time or two by people who lived in the area. That was the only sighting that my Uncle Wendy had had. And uh, Uncle Wendy, he was also known as a storyteller. But um, my cousins, I mean, everyone, they all had the exact same story, and it always fascinated me. Now, I was uh, primarily a bow hunter at the time. I've always been big time into bow hunting since I was about 12 years old. Um, I started out with some real relics, and then I went up, upgraded, bought a nice Hoyt, and really got into my bow hunting. And I kind of pushed Bigfoot to the back of my mind, but I always remembered that book and the things I'd read about the Pacific Northwest and 
the things I had done in California and um, this story from my Uncle Wendy. And then around 2000, 2001, I was introduced to my first computer and dial-up internet. Yeah, it was painfully slow. But the thing is, is that now I could sit at home and read articles about Bigfoot. And one day I went to look up about something that had happened with my Uncle Wendy and that story to see if I could find it or anything close. And then that's when the Minerva Monster and all these reports from Ohio just started booming out. It had to be 2000, because in 2000 was born Knox Bigfoot Org. That was the first one, KnoxBigfoot.org. And uh, people were really contacting me left and right out of the blue. I mean, I had my email out there, and people were very much interested in what I was doing. So quickly... KnoxBigfoot.org got destroyed, and it went to COBR.org, Central Ohio Bigfoot Research.org. But again, it kept growing, and uh, the research area in Ohio kept growing. So then it got destroyed, and then came the OBRC, Ohio Bigfoot Research and Investigation Center. And as of today, that's still the name we run under, only we've added to it the Ohio Bigfoot Project, which is uh, something on the side that'll really be released at a later date. Now, once I learned about Bigfoot in Ohio, then I started reaching out to some of these people that uh, I was reading about, and I went to a group called M. S-B-R-R, Multi-State Bigfoot Research Roundtable. Really an arresting collective group of people. And that group uh, got dismantled or whatever. But I that was okay because I went solo after that. And uh, started going to Salt Fork and Way National Forest. Um... Berlin Lake, Mogador, uh, Sunbury, any, anywhere that a report came in to me, I was doing investigations, and I was doing field work, and I was doing night ops, and there was a handful of people from the old MSBRR group that I was hanging out with and conversing with, and I really enjoyed those people, really enjoyed hanging out with them. And, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time together in the woods together. And, um, yeah, just looking for, you know, the Ohio Grassman, a.k.a. Bigfoot, here in the Buckeye State. And I went and traded it for the world. And uh, I really miss it. That's why we're making a return here at the OBRC after a, a long break. So yeah, Bigfoot has been an interest of mine since about 1983. Um, 
Yeah, and it still is today. And the search is still continuing today. The fun thing about today compared to back then is that the technology has increased 20-fold. You now have the internet. Um, there's a select group of apps that I use even. Um, you can get on Google Earth and look at anywhere in the world up close and personal as if you're literally standing on site. Um, <clears throat> it's just amazing how far the information has came and the ability to gather information and share information. Uh, things like WhatsApp, Facebook, Google Duo, um, just all kinds of, I mean, I remember when Yahoo Mail first came out and it was literally the cat's meow because now you could talk to peop someone a thousand miles away almost instantly and carry a conversation back and forth and then, you know, messenger rooms and chat rooms started popping up and the the way that we now converse is actually pretty awesome and I don't think I've watched the actual news in about probably 10 years or better because if I want to know what the news is I just google it literally uh, I don't watch those channel news stations. I don't have to stay up till 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night to catch that news report or be home sitting in front of a television to catch that news report. I just, my phone will make a ding. There's a notification, and if it affects me, I figure I'll hear about it. So, yeah, the world has definitely changed quite a bit since the 80s. Now, when I started the OBRC, uh, my wife, who was at the time my girlfriend, she was in the woods with me a lot. And I mean, we loved it. She really enjoyed um, going out into the woods with me, going on hikes, looking for something that people said I would never find or would never be there. And then one night I was in the woods and that my belief completely changed that yes, there is a creature known as Bigfoot residing in Ohio. Um, I honestly 100% believe that. I know what I saw and, uh, and it was weird because even at the time I seen what I was seeing, I still didn't believe it. Even I doubted it. I was like, no, no way. No way I'd just seen that. And I still don't believe myself today that I seen what I seen. But at the same time, I absolutely believe I seen what I saw. So, yeah, for me, the question has been answered but just because the question is answered doesn't mean that the search is discontinued. If anything, it strengthened the search and made me want to look even harder, even longer, and even more. And now I'm back to where, through my job and everything, that I'll have, once again, time to resume that search. So, the hunt is on once again. And 
I couldn't be happier about it. So what is the OBRC? Well, I started the OBRC myself. I founded it. And I brought some people into the group, you know. And um, we started working together. And the group grew. And I had it to where if something happened in any area of Ohio, if I was two hours away because of where I lived and the incident happening, there was a chance that I knew someone who was half an hour or less away and I could forward that incident report to them and they could go check it out and be on site literally in a matter of minutes instead of a matter of hours. And it was a uh, collective collaboration of people with the same interest. And then over the years when I stepped away, I lost contact with a lot of these people, and uh, I'm reestablishing those contacts, and the interest is still there. So I'm starting to get a good group of people on board again and some new people. Um, yeah, and we're going to be coming back at it full swing. So we're going to be again researching, well, investigating sighting reports and doing field work and night ops. And we're probably going to have some, uh, I don't want to say public, but by invitation hey, come hang out with us for a night in the woods kind of deal. I mean, thing is that I don't want to be like other groups, and I will never charge money to go on a hike with me or charge money to go on an outing with me or any. I, I'm, I'm not, Bigfoot for me is not a business. It's uh, an interest. And I don't charge money for interests. So I know some groups do. And uh, I've had words with those groups in the past. Quite a few of them actually. Because I didn't uh, agree with their standards. And of course there's also, you know, avoiding the woo. Trying to separate yourself from them. But that's what Ohio Bigfoot Research and Investigation Center is about. It's about running our program and talking to other groups that we feel are um, good people, you know, not not the woo, and um, people that we can, respected colleagues, I guess, for lack of a better term, or maybe that is the best term. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, about information sharing, working with other groups, um, with an, uh, working with other people within our group. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, just hunting for the truth, you know, trying to see what's really out there and um, collecting that evidence and mainly, mainly um, collecting information because information is probably one of the best tools that we have. I used to have a map, and on that map I would put a red pin, a green pin, or a yellow pin, depending on what type of uh, incident was reporting, Class A, Class B, Class C, 
A class A would be a sighting, a class B would be physical ev evidence, and a class C would be vocalizations, things like that, non-physical evidence. And, you know, when you start doing that, after about a month from having one pin on the map, it went to about 10 to 15 pins, and that turned into uh, about 50 pins, and then it turned into... Oh, somewhere around 175 pins on the map when I was uh, just starting to back away from it all. But looking at where those groups of pins were all together on that map, you know, finding that area where there was a uh, collection of incidents, that hotbed, that hot spot. And at the same time, you also have to be very careful what that information sharing and who you share it with. As I said in the last podcast, I have most definitely had some research areas ruined by people. Now, yeah, that's who we are and what we're all about. There's a contact form on the website, ohiobigfootproject.com. Feel free to check it out. Please continue to listen to this podcast and uh, we're on facebook as well at ohio bigfoot research investigations so yeah follow along and um got some interesting outings coming up right now everything is still in the planning stages i've not been in the field yet but i've always loved researching in the winter when the leaves are down and you can actually see through the trees and you don't have the influence of insect noise and other things that um, can deteriorate what you can hear in the woods at night. So we're coming into my favorite time to research. And so, yeah, there's quite a few interesting outings coming up, some backcountry outings, overnights, and, uh, you know, if you want to, get a hold of us feel free to do so um ohio underscore bigfoot at yahoo.com or you can get a hold of us through the podcast page through the facebook page through the instagram page through the tiktok page and whatever other page i've missed website podcast there's, there's a bunch of facebook there's many ways to get a hold of us or me and which will lead to meeting the others, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, just stay tuned. Um, as I said, everything's still in the planning stages at the moment. And things will be picking up here shortly. But until then, I will continue to do podcasts. This one wasn't so much information sharing. But the next ones, well, the next few, I have uh, already planned out. And there's going to be a lot of really cool information from the past for uh, you guys to listen up on. So, y'all have a good night. Have a good weekend. Have a good week. And I'll catch you on the next podcast.